Welcome to Big Blend Radio's California Employment Law Podcast, featuring San Diego attorney Ward Heinrichs. Hey, everybody, welcome. You know it is time to chat with Ward Heinrichs. He is an amazing attorney based out of San Diego, California. You know, go to bestemploymentattorneysandiego.com. Always have to say it. He's got the best domain name in San Diego as an attorney. But today we are talking about California's non-compete agreements and contract clauses. He's got an article up on blendradioandtv.com where he says, don't use them. But years ago, I mean, I think, Ward, I think one of our first podcast chats, I mean, this is over 10 years ago, I think we're, we're, are we dating ourselves? We're like, we're still 15, all of us. Um, I I remember talking about this with you and you're going, yeah, it's not a big deal. And now I don't remember saying that, but I kind of just the vibe. Let's just put it the vibe. Let's better not say what an attorney said and be wrong. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I might have said, well, you you know, if you have it in a clause or if you have it in a contract, it, you know, it, it, that's void. It's not going to be enforced. You know, so don't worry about it that much. But now this year, everything has changed. <laughs> okay. So what, what spurred this on? Because I've heard some of this in cases across the country. So it doesn't seem like it's just California. I've heard things like in Chicago maybe New York area. I can't remember off the top of my head, but just listening to other podcasts and things, hearing like, oh, stuff's going down. And so, you know, California, whenever shenanigans are happening, isn't it always California, New York, Chicago, Washington? Yeah. Um, New York, California, the West Coast. Chicago, I'm not so sure of. I mean, Chicago is a democratic town, so most of these are protecting, uh, are supposed to be protecting the little guy more. So usually that's kind of a Democrat thing. Um, so all the places you've named, except for maybe all of Illinois, because I'm just thinking Illinois. There's yeah, Illinois is a mixed bag. Yeah, it's definitely a mixed bag. But uh, I, I honestly, I don't know the trend in the country whether this kind of thing is going on in the country. I, I'm gonna. Yes, that not this far, but that's a guess. I really don't know what New York says on this, what uh, Illinois says on this. Um, but I can tell you that there are two camps, though, and one set of states is like California and says, hey, we're going to protect a person's right to work in the profession that they have developed themselves in. And other states are in the, the different camp that says, well, we think that businesses should be able to protect themselves from people stealing clients and stealing employees. So there, there really are two different camps and, and philosophical positions on this in the United States. So let's go over what this is all about, just for those tuning in now, that um, what is a non-compete clause, a non-compete agreement? Um, so from my experience, it's always been someone who is working in the sales field or, you know, development field of bringing contracts and clients into a company. In fact, Boston Legal did this a lot. In the TV show years ago, many, many years ago, there was stuff about, I brought this client in, but if you leave, you can't take this client. Oh, yes, I can. And they had their own lawsuits within their own law firm on that TV show, so not reality based, 
right? But mm-hmm. if a, a lawyer had brought in a client and it was a big fish, they were like, we're sitting on the big fish. And the lawyer's going, I don't like your company anymore. I'm stealing the big fish because I brought them in and there was always a drama with it. It was one of, I think, one of their biggest ways of, you know, creating drama on the show. Yeah. And now, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that drama gets played out in different ways, again, in different states. Uh, Oklahoma is mm-hmm. more like California, protects the worker to do whatever they want. You know, what? Uh, it's too broad. But, but in California, you, California. You have the right to work in their industry. But yeah. California, I'm just saying this is about the, the, I wasn't going necessarily on Boston, but it's about, for folks to understand, it's about like, you're bringing in a client. And so when you sign up to work for someone to bring in clients and work with those clients and develop oh, those see. clients, like yeah. even artist management has got to be part of that. Yeah. Talent yeah. management, all of that in LA area. Come on. That's got to be a huge part of it too. It's like, I bring in this client, you know, and then it's like, okay, we're going to leave uh, or you're going to get laid off or fired. Then who gets the client? And that's a drama. So yeah. Is that where well, we're at? And the drama is, yeah, who gets to take the the pot of the money? Fish. And I don't want to <laughs> refer to people as pots of money, but that's what we're really talking about. The value, mm-hmm. who gets it? Is it the person who's leaving or the the firm that's still in place and has been working with this client? But the thing about the person who's leaving, they've been working mostly with the client, probably. Um, and so, and you see that, I see that in California, especially I was just telling you, I've had a couple of new clients just on this issue. And it, what the business is trying to do is saying, hey, wait, we developed this client relationship. And I know that you've been working on those accounts, um, but because we developed, we should be able to take it. And then, but the guy who's the, who's been working with the client says, well, I've got a great personal relationship and I'm leaving and they are free to come with me if they want. And there's rules about how you play that out. But by and large, in California, the person who's leaving has the upper hand. Oh, okay. Well, that makes, okay, because you also have to think California is very entrepreneurial too, startups and everything. So I wonder if this has kind of, you know, at post-COVID, we're seeing a lot of startups, a lot more people going into their own business. They've, they've started it during COVID and said, okay, I'm going for it. Some people gone back to work. Everybody's a little, it's different and it's changing, but we're seeing a lot more startups. So you're seeing people leave agencies and going, you know what? I'm doing it on my own. Screw you. I'm going, you know, and I've had these clients. I've been working with them for, for years. Maybe they even brought them to that company. Right. Yep. And now that when they leave, too. I'm going, Absolutely. Hey, come with me. You know, I've been with you through thick and thin. I'm going to bring you to my own place. So, do you think that's part of it that people are actually going into more of their own business or there's been such a big shuffle in the workplace right now too, that they're going, I'm, I have this Rolodex of people, not that we have Rolodexes anymore, but I have this, we don't even have black books anymore. What do we have? We have a phone. I have a phone phone with all your information. Really good contacts. And can that be a hiring card? like literally see well sure it is because you've got all that information on your phone and yeah it's like the old rolodex where you've got tons of information about clients 
So, yeah, but honestly, I, I don't know if it's the economy that's developing in a different way now. What, what happened in California was the law changed. And like I said, non-competes, or like I indicated, non-competes have been illegal in California for a long time. But there really wasn't a great enforcement mechanism. Uh, mm -hmm. If you had one with an employee, it wasn't illegal to have it. It was just illegal to enforce it. And then businesses could say, hey, I've got this non-compete. And they try to say, we've got a problem now. And then they might contact the future employer of the employee who's left and say, hey, look, we got this non-compete and we're suing. Now, probably can't win, but, you know, you can still sue and wow. you can create problems. So a lot of employers under that circumstance, you know, new employers would say, oh, we don't want to deal with this. But now in California, the employee has the, who's leaving has more rights of enforcing enforcement than they did before. And California has been very clear. If you have a non-complete in an employment agreement, it's void. And if you don't tell them it's void, they can sue you. So basically, non-compete clauses, agreements don't exist. Like, get over it. In like California, they... yeah, except for some limited exceptions, like a sale of a business. Well, that makes a lot of sense. If you sell your business to someone, that someone doesn't want you going back into business. So okay. that's okay. Uh, if you leave a partnership, you can have a non-compete non clause in that situation. Um, an LLC, you can have a non-compete if one of the members leaves or you dissolve the LLC. You can have non-competes amongst the members. Um, and that is to protect the existing business okay. um, because they, you know, a lot of it's gone away. And, the, and and some of that is just by time, right? It's like a non-compete for a year or six months. Yeah, it can I... be limited. Uh, yes, it can be. And that depends on the circumstances. And honestly, I've never seen a case where you've got one of these non-competes with uh, a dissolving, not a dissolving business, with a business that uh, has sold its goodwill to someone else. Because as an employment attorney, I really don't see that. Often I probably run into it, but just that, that's not my Bailey, Bailiwick, my Bailiwick yeah. employees. And the non-competes have been illegal for employees for a long time. Wow. Again, but what has changed and what why this is a big deal now, at least in California, is because the law has allowed the employee to sue for many more things than it could before. In fact, it really couldn't before i mean it might sue to say you can't enforce it that's possible they could have gone that way uh, but usually it was the other way around back in the old days where the employer would say hey, i've got a non-compete we know it's void but we're going to try to enforce it anyway so that now you just can't do that if you try because to that, that would actually just it. typically <laughs> scare people anyway right it would yeah, just kind of like everybody it's, just go oh i'm not going to do this i'm going to like i have a friend who left a company and she was in development and she she brought the customers in she had the clients but when she went to leave it was part of her contract the non-compete for six months you will not even go into this industry however she said well if you're going to hire me and when it's time to leave you're paying me for those six months <laughs> go girl well, and that's fair I mean, <laughs> she did good if you yeah. negotiate something like that that seems fair um she took but a va often, great vacation. 
Yeah, right. But often uh, people can't enforce that kind. It's harder to negotiate that kind. It depends on the negotiation. Power. It was a different country, but she did it. Oh, all right. That make that make it really depends. I mean, I really think that someone who has a big book of business who comes into a law firm, for instance, and says, "Hey, I know you want this non-compete. In fact, I'm okay with it, but uh, you got to pay me for the year that I'm going to sit out." Now, all lawyers know that they're void, so you probably wouldn't hear that in a lawyer situation. But uh, let's uh, pretend that it did. Then they so would, Boston legal's not true. Well, it depends the state. California wow. says no non-competes for in employment situations. Other states are love them. I, I, yeah. I wish, you know, I just don't run into situations in other states enough, but I know I read cases in, oh. on the East Coast. I'm thinking maybe. Well, but it's got to come to where, national. Where they go, hey, non-competes are great. Yeah. We love them. So yeah, a lot of states it's, support them. But it's got to be interesting in California because you've got all these, you've got Silicon Valley, you've got all these tech startups, you've got people that work nationally and internationally. So if someone leaves, what happens if their clients in Chicago and they're based in the Bay Area or San, San Diego, right? And it's like, okay, I'm leaving, but you know what? I got this client in Chicago since they're not in California, I can take them or not. Like, how does that part like work? Because then isn't that going a little... You cannot have a non-compete in California in an employment situation. So, Period. No. And in, fa in fact, the wow. law in California is written in such a way that they said, if you are a California company and you try to have someone out of state sign a non-compete, even if they work out of state, let's say Illinois, Chicago, um, that is still a void contract. And that person... Uh, who's working out of state can come into California and sue you for trying wow. to enforce it or for, for having it, not, not just trying to enforce it. That's illegal too, but for having it, you can. Sue so somebody. this is about protecting the workers so that they can go out and make money as yep. soon as they leave a company, whether they're fired or choose to leave. Right. Neither, either way. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter. You cannot have a non-compete clause in Cal uh, California in an employment situation. Cannot do it. It was always that way, but what has changed is now if you try to enforce it or if you have tr someone even try to sign one, or if you don't give warnings to people who have been employed since 20, early yeah. in 2020, 2022, uh, they can sue you. For just, for not warning them, it, you're supposed. To, the law now says, if you have someone who has worked for you in the last two years since January 1, 2022, um, and you don't tell them that the, their non compete is now void, they can sue you for not telling them. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's you cannot have an employment non compete clause. Wow. And now there's muscle to really back it up. So don't mess with it. And employees should be aware of this too, because if you get into, and everyone should actually look at their employment contracts right now, right? Yeah. You know? Oh, and employers, if they have ever had an employment or, uh, employment contract with a non-compete in it, they need to look at that and they need to do something now. Yes. Okay. What do they do? What do they do? Do they call you or go to HR? What do they do? Well, what they're required to do by the law is to tell that person that the non-complete is non-compete is void and they have to do it in writing 
they have to send it through the mail and by email. Yeah, and it's very specific. That's what you've got to do. And honestly, I had a client do that without having me look at it first. And then I looked at it later. And I said, well, I wouldn't have said it this way, but you know, oh. it's out there. So it's better than nothing. At least you, they made the, 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 the deadline because that, that had to happen by February 14th. So now if you send it, you're late. But my position is, I think you're better being late than never doing it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, so, it's serious. It's strict. It's specific. So send something now and then can that, so sometimes when you mess with clauses or agreements within an agreement, that can actually make the entire agreement void. Like the whole thing could go down the toilet. So can that happen within these employment contracts? Like, hey, I was hired and I did this, I did this, you know, can it make, can this screw up an employee's contract with a company and vice versa? Yeah, it can. Um, Ooh. And the way I'm reading the law, and it, we probably have to litigate a little bit to really figure out exactly how it's going to be interpreted, is if you're trying to do a non-compete now, the entire agreement is void. If it's an old contract, I think the clause, you know, and, and the, it's an employment contract that just has a clause, non-compete clause in it. I think that clause is only void as long as you give warn them. Again, that's what another reason why I think you need to tell them that that clause is void. Mm -hmm. Because if you do that, then the rest of the contract should be okay. Yeah. But yes, if if I try to get someone to sign a non-compete today and they signed that's... or a clause with an or, I mean a contract with a non-compete clause in it and they signed it and we assigned it, that whole contract is void. Mm. And and as an employee going into a company, you should be aware of this so you don't sign something like that because you've got to look twice at the company not being well, aware of it too. Well, yeah, you it's know? probably going to fall out on the company and not the employee in the long so run. So what companies have this? This is where I was going about like law firms have it. People like, you know, anything with some kind of development and sales, getting clients. I mean, every business has it. Um, I even look at hospitality, like group sales for hotels. I mean, there's people that know, hey, I get these X amount of people booked every year. They have this event. That's got to happen with that. Even golf tournaments. Like, I'm like, my mind is just like, this actually affects all sales around yeah, everywhere. I, I, in a way. Sales, I think, is probably, you know, as a general category, is is probably maybe the most significant part of it, but sales yeah. is so broad. I mean, everyone has sales, right? So yeah. if you can say as a salesperson, oh, I still have these contacts. I'm going to go over here. They're going to pay me more for the same contacts, and I can still contact these people. Well, then, yeah, all these – anyone who's in sales who is in that kind of situation because often you know, sales can be so different. There's cold calling, you know, whatever it is, and so maybe you don't have a book of clients, but so often you do. So I think you're right. This would affect sales as a large group. But another place that I have seen it is in financial uh, advisory situations where you, you, know, you work very closely with clients. You may bring them in. The, the firm may bring them in. Um, you may end up working closely with a client the firm has brought in and spent a lot of money on to get in. And then when that person wants to go, what happens? Well, now – a non-compete is not enforceable for sure. I mean, it never was, but you can't even pretend it is anymore. And more often than not, now 
the employee can sue you if you try to enforce it or just sue you because you didn't tell them that it was voided. But so okay, I, what I, about what happens if you have top secret stuff? Okay, because well, yeah, but that's a non compete thing, right? So what happens like with all these it, tech it startups can be and related. apps? Can be related. Go ahead. AI algorithmy stuff. Like I don't know how to pronounce half of that stuff. Whatever's going on there with all this geeky stuff, but someone came up with some incredible formula within a company, like a scientist. You know, look at chemistry biochemistry medicine all of that do you sign a non-compete when you go in hey i found this as a you know biologist whatever goes into medicine and all that like i found this drug i created this under this company name right i'm trying not to give examples because i don't want to get in trouble (laughs) i'm scared these days but i came up with this formula and um the company wants me to sign a non-compete, but I came up with it. This is beyond sales because if this is something that's going to make mass sales, that's more important than the actual one or two customers, right? Yeah, this is... but you're talking about trade secret. Oh, um, but that doesn't come into non-compete? Compete? Well, it can be related, and here's where they call oh, okay. it. So trade secrets are definitely protectable. And every company should protect their trade secrets. The secret sauce. Yeah. The secret sauce. Um, uh, and, and there's other protections of the law, but trade secrets is one. And the, where they cross over, though, is, well, is a client list a trade secret? And mm. the, the answer to that, is it depends. It depends on how well protected it is. It depends on how um, uh, out in the public this kind of information is. So that comes down to how you define what a trade secret is. But if you can define a client list as a trade secret, and it's possible, it's definitely possible, then they can't use that client list for sure. Um, so that that that's where they overlap, the trade secret idea where you certainly can protect your trade secret. Secret sauce, you can protect. Then okay. the next question is, well, is the client list a trade secret? And maybe, maybe not. But if it is, that list is protectable. If it's not, then – you got a problem and this guy may take clients or but that's kind of kind of sucky it's sucky for the client like the i mean the business like if if the business is here and hey i own a um let's see what what business can we talk about that we won't get in trouble for (laughs) let's let's we won't do a lawyer business because then you might have to sue me and sue yourself i don't know all right but let's 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 do the real estate real estate real estate real estate okay business like commercial real estate right now you are the person that knows how to get the land and people with the land to develop and do all of that you've had this rolodex for years old school terminology sorry but here we go you go in, you're working with a company that goes and buys a land so they can sell it and develop it, right? Now you've got the people, you know, who's going to come in, you know, the big fish, you yeah. go in, you're working on this, you go in and they say, okay, you can't compete. But what happens for the client themselves, like the business, the actual wait, wait, business? Wait, 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 wait. You, you, they come in and say, you cannot compete. What do you mean? Okay. In other words, the, the, person selling the clients on the real estate okay so you have the real estate company buying the land and developing but the here comes you know i'm going to say joe schmo should i say that or is that is that a bad 
name? I'm not offended. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what to say anymore. I don't mean the president. God, I'm going to get in trouble. Okay. So Joe, no, I better not. Sam, Sam <laughs> comes in and knows, has all the contacts to sell this land, develop it, do everything. And is working with the company that owns everything. This is their company, right? So the company comes in, they're like hiring them. He's paying their, the company is paying him well. And they're like, yay. But then Sam goes, you know, I can do this myself. And I have all the contacts. I'm moving on. So that hurts the company, right? And the company trusted Sam, right? And paid Sam a lot of money. But this could actually really hurt a company, with sure. Sam leaving. So Sam wins. He's industrious. So this bill protects Sam, but what's protecting the company? If the company is paying him a lot of money, right? That can be a big problem. And an industry, I think that might make it clearer is financial. Yeah, that was a bad advis- choice. Sorry. Financial <laughs> advisory uh, industry okay. because they're. The, oh. the company has oh. experts who are working on portfolios for people. Oh. The company may be bringing people in. The The person who's working on it may also be bringing people in. I mean, it, or it could be all one, all the other, or a mixture. So when that person says, hey, I think I want to leave, and they leave, and their clients, all those clients, because they have a personal relationship with that one financial advisor – goes with them that's really hurt the company yeah and they've and they've worked to develop these relationships so yes that can really hurt the company now but the other way of thinking about it is well all right so two thoughts one is well if the client list is uh protected as a trade secret that could mean that this guy who's leaving can't call all these people because it's a protected uh, protected trace oh. the, the information that he has about each client maybe 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 I'm don't not be a martha stewart it could be so that's one <laughs> thing so the trade secret might protect that at least to some degree um but the other thing is that the in california the policy is well i guess we're gonna pick the leaving employee because we want everyone to be able to work in the profession they've chosen and we don't want people to be restrained from that yeah that makes sense so it's protectable at least part of it pretend potentially might not be very good because at the very least they can tell everyone oh i'm leaving i'm going over here uh great to great to know you and and that may set up where all these people go well i want to go with him so maybe they all leave anyway um but California says, well, we think that's okay. Now, a lot of other states don't. So you're right. It's a real tension. I mean, who is who, who do you support? Do you support the leaving employee or do you support the business? Wow. Because it's a, I, I care about both so much. Like I understand as a business owner, like if you trust someone and they screw you over and, to, you know, and, and we've been through that as a magazine, we've been through that kind of stuff. And, um, in this country and another country and it's it sucks it's and it's like it makes you not want to have employees after a bit and that's a bad thing actually for commerce so you've got there should be a middle ground so i'm thinking 
that the trade secret clause may start to expand in some interesting arenas over the well, next few years. We're going to see much more litigation in California over trade secrets, I am sure, because that's really the only way that you can potentially protect your clients from leaving. Yeah. Yeah, it seems. And the, yeah, you know, and I'm also for the employee doing what they need to do, too. You know, I'm for both, you know. Well, this I'm is for both. It's this is this sucks. Calls. I mean, who do you choose? This sucks. What's better? What's worse? You know, I don't know. It, it, that's it sucks because that's the employee does, you know, maybe brought them into the company from their their work experience beforehand. Maybe that's why they were hired there, and then they do all the work. Yet the company is the one who's setting up the money and the foundation and delivering the goods. So. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we forget about what costs the business actually. Well, and puts and the forward. business may really be de- putting a lot into de- you know money and time and effort into developing client relationships too. Yeah. So it's not just that you know they're supplying money to make business happen. They may really be specifically spending money on developing client relationships. Or that person. And this guy leaves with them. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, they all know, everybody knows, you know, a first time client is the most money goes into the first time, right? That is like the most expensive time. Oh, is getting front, a first yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're prospecting and that costs. Yes. Yeah. And so when you hire someone that's bringing those kind of people in or already has them, you're funding them and normally they get paid really well to do so, you know? Well, and, and in that situation where they got the Rolodex, you know, we go back to the Rolodex. Yeah, yeah. With all that information, they're coming in with that book of business. That's probably theirs. I don't see how the company could say, I, "Well, first of all, yeah." Got, even if it's legal to have non-competes, if the person who has this big Rolodex goes to a new employer, he can say, or he or she can say, that, "Hey, I'm coming here. I'm not signing any non-compete. These are my people. So if you want me here, and I'm going to make you a lot of money." You're not going to take my people. This, this is so going to get weird. This is going to well, get more I, I into the independent contractor. Ooh, I think this that is happens. Weird. I think mm. that's happened in any state, even if you have mm. non-competes. So I, I don't think that's as big a problem as where there's a mix and the client or in the business is developing mm. some client contact. And it, like you said, the upfront costs of getting the new client in are, are high. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then those people leave. That hurts right. the business. Right. But if you but come I in with a book of business, they shouldn't be saying, I'm going to take that from you. And I don't think they'll, the person who's coming in won't let that happen. I can't imagine. But there's also there's also a line of how much you can play what's called the back door of clients. Like as someone door. has a, yeah, it's a back door. It's a sales term um, from oh, okay. you're playing the back door. Instead of getting new clients, you're focusing on the old ones. And you're playing client retention too much where you just try to, um, I've been in companies where you upsell, 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 and you start upselling your, your back door, which is the clients you have on hand, instead of going out and and getting new clients, right? You're playing in your backyard, basically the back door. Yeah. And, and, And so then it becomes a very unhealthy relationship because you're not doing good to the client. You're not looking, I've been in that company landscape and that's why we don't do that anymore (laughs) we're not there anymore because you don't do that it's very it's it's there's a um an ethical way of business where 
you just keep calling the same person to get more money for a new thing. It's a, it's a, every sale, every car no, sales person that. knows I've this. Run into Sorry that. about car sales. I, no, I've run into that where I was getting upsold a lot on an old website I had. And at some yeah. point I just had to say, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> people will go. I don't care if it's not working. I'm not for more money into this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's, there's a, there, a that's little a, shaky. There's a backdoor business that happens. And that, that is where some people come in with a Rolodex and you have, I'm going to go as a business owner, go, you're coming in with a Rolodex. Why aren't you successful on your own with it? Why didn't you, if you're that successful with all these clients, why aren't you? Okay. So you can't manage a business yourself. So this is where this independent contractor thing is going to get weird oh, over no. this You're next. Going independent contractor I now. am, I am, I am because I see it. It's going to go there because part of this thing about the non-compete and all of that is people having these contacts and a lot of people are failing businesses thinking, oh, I have all made all these contacts in this class. I could, I, I personally know a real estate person in San Diego doing it right now going, I did it all here. Now I can go open my own office over here and do this, but cause you know, so I'm just saying real estate is one of them. Maybe I don't you know. know. And that brings up a very interesting thing for me. Uh, cause I've been talking <laughs> in my article only talks about uh, employment contract. Having clause. Uh, but then I hadn't really thought about, well, what about independent contractors? And someone says, hey, you got to sign this non-compete clause to oh. be my independent contractor. And I would say California would say that's not legal. It doesn't matter whether they're an employee or, or an independent contractor. Non-competes are just not legal except for those exceptions I listed off at the beginning of this. Okay, so um, everyone, Ward's article is listed and linked from the show notes. Okay, so check that out. But I, I swear it's going to go weird. You know, it's going to go weird with the independent contractors. No, it stuff. could. I really hadn't thought about that too much, but because I'm just seeing an employment situation. But it's getting right weird, now. and you know it's getting weird with these uh, strikes with Uber and Lyft. The well, and independent then... contractor thing's not going away. Oh, that no, it's not. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just talking this week, probably more than once. Uh, about independent contractors and saying, hey, look, I don't think you can do that in California anymore because of AB5, which we've talked about a ton. But the same thing, it's re California said, hey, we want employees. So we've passed this law that's going to force businesses to have more employees and fewer independent contractors. So that's always a big thing. That's been a big thing for the last three, four years in yeah. California. And that does overlay this at least to a degree about the non-compete clause. Wow. Well, we all we always have something to talk about, Ward. I was talking to our, our friends here in Texas, um, in, in Austin, where we are right now recording, and um, <laughs> I was laughing because they're, they're from San Diego and selling their house, and I said, well, you know, somebody from California is going to buy it, because we were talking about California, and we were just laughing about all these changes, and I said, you know, I know Ward is happy about everything, and I mean it because it's always changing. Your industry oh. is always changing, and it's like you yeah. cannot get bored with what you do because no, there's I always don't. something new. Just there's when you thought that new. was not a big deal, now it is. Like the fast food thing, the fast food act thing that oh, happened. Yeah. No, now it's gone down. No, it's back. Hello. It's back you know, under a different form, and <laughs> now – I 
gosh, I think it's by April 15. I think that's the date that sticks in my mind. Um, fast food workers must make at least $20 an hour. Wow. Is that why McDonald's raised its prices? Nancy told me she, she, we were going on the road. She says, do you know McDonald's apparently did this? Like they raised their rates and everybody got mad. And I thought of it. I was like, it's because of what happened in California. Across the board, apparently coffee went up. Like everything went up 50%. Don't quote me or Nancy on it because you never know what we're reading on yeah, social yeah, media know, or stuff. Well, I because I go to enough restaurants that I know. In other words, McDonald's, more, do not sue me. <laughs> well, Everything's more uh, all food. If you go to a restaurant, it's more expensive significantly, you know, fairly significantly uh, than it was four years ago. Yeah. And part of that, I think, is higher minimum wage. And you can, you know, whether it's good or bad, you know, I'm not even say, but mm-hmm. that's going to increase the cost. And then part yeah. of it is uh, the, the material, you know, the food is more so, yeah, yeah, everything and, and things after COVID really changed. And re- yeah. and I think we also realized that restaurants really to break even and make money in a restaurant is not an easy thing at oh my all. Gosh, and and uh, so much do not have it. Yeah. And 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 that's a whole other radio show because I could get into that. Um, it, it, it restaurants that want to have 20 page menus, you're going to hurt. Don't do it. You know, <laughs> I could. I, I yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I have a good client. And he runs a very good restaurant business. He's opened up places all over San Diego. Um, he used to have like five different, at least four different menus. And I kept shaking my head. And last time I went, he has reduced it down to one. And I think that was so smart. I thought, oh, so much better to get this, just this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's not quite as flexible, but it's more manageable. And so. Yeah. it's You have to. You have to. I, we've done so many shows on restaurants, and, and eventually I'm like, okay, we should just do one just on restaurant management because of all the people that we know in the industry. And it's the restaurant industry is hard. It's hard on the employees oh, and the owner. It's yeah. just a brutal business. And if you hear anybody swear in that industry, leave them alone. Let them swear. Let them smoke <laughs> their cigarettes outside. And let them let them have their cocktail. Just let them be. It's hard. It is a hard, hard industry. And us customers are not always the easiest to deal with. So maybe we should all just back off. It's a tough let industry. Them be. I mean, most uh, most restaurants go out of business what in a year, I think it is, and, mm-hmm. and very, very few last. Any new cup? Co- they always say like two years. If you can keep <laughs> your new business two years, you're you're okay. You, you've got your worst part over you know this we're 27 years old this year nancy and i in this country and i i mean i'm like how did that happen because i was in my 20s what 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 happened you know but it's you go through significant changes and you have to weather (laughs) it you have to weather it and these changes you talk about like for you it's always like something changing even for the the business and the employees makes or breaks businesses it makes or breaks someone's paycheck of where they can live or what they can do for their kids all of these decisions really do make a difference and and sometimes not that great sometimes good sometimes you know it just is what it is and everybody has to make change from whatever these laws do and sometimes people get pissy about it and you can't it is just what it is you have to just deal with what is happening and focus on that right so absolutely you gotta do right what's on. there not what's not there 
Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> right on. So call Ward, everyone. Best employment <laughs> attorney. If you want to deal with what's there, call me. Yeah, call Ward. He's aggressive. That's why I have, I have to watch what I say, though, because I'll have to like move to California because, you know, if we get in trouble. So Ward can represent us. <laughs> so, I'll you help know, you out. All right. I know. I know. I, I always like, don't do this. We'll get in trouble. Then we'll have to move to California. And we're on the road full time. What do we do? <laughs> anyway, Ward, always fun having you on the show. Can't wait for next month. Uh, I know there's going to be another thing. We're just, I know we're going to have to dig into the independent contractor again. It's coming. I oh, know yeah. that show it's is coming. brewing that topic again. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us. You take care. And San Diegans, don't spend all your money at once. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Spend it. Have fun. Take care, Ward. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio's California Employment Law Podcast with San Diego attorney Ward Heinrichs. Keep up with Ward at bestemploymentattorneysandiego.com or follow him on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also subscribe to Big Blend Radio at bigblendradio.com.